Hello, and welcome to Eyewitness Beauty, the podcast where we talk about the biggest stories in the beauty industry each week. I am Nick Axelrod Welk, and I am joined, I sound like a robot, and I am joined by Diamond Creek Bomb, DCB. We we replaced Uh Nick with AI. (laughs) I still, I, I got a little roasted about my understanding, my conception of AI in the last episode that we did. I think you had a very accurate conception of what AI is. Okay, good. Because Casey, my husband, was making it seem like I didn't understand, like that I it was my understanding of it was simplistic. Okay, well, that it's just like it only knows what you tell it. Because he was like, no, it's like it has read the entire internet. It's not like being prompted. It's like there's some kind of a software that like makes it like read all of google or something yes that's true but there is truth to what you said that it the foundation for ai was laid by a specific group of people like right white dorky guys and therefore like whatever springs from the work that ai does like had its start in the specific colonialism white supremacy colonialism and white supremacy one thing I will say is that I'm just not worried about AI yet. Because when you look at an AI-generated photo, like I've sent you a few that are like Tom Holland, like having sex with Henry Cavill, or like whatever is popping up on my For You page. I don't know why. It doesn't look real. Do you read about the Taylor Swift like porn fakes and she freaked out and then they suspended any mention of taylor swift on twitter yeah but then they read now they're allowing it again they are i just don't think yeah apparently they're allowing Um, it again i think that every ai generated image looks like a kardashian so number one that's your first sign that it's a computer generated image and number two it doesn't like it doesn't sound like a human whenever when it's like written word but I think, like, if you saw the transformation from, like, if you look up Mid Journey 1 to Mid Journey 6, because they've done, like, six different, like, updates at this point, I guess. Yeah. And you look at the difference of, like, where it started with people and where it is now, like, I think you would be scared at the potential in the next, like, few months for them to get even more really? accurate to, yeah, it's pretty freaky. But to me, like, AI always sounds like, you know how with beauty pageants and they ask, like, the contestants questions... Like, what would you do if you had, you know, a million dollars? And, and like, they answer it by, like, just, like, saying the question again. It's, like, some weird answer where they, like, don't really say anything. And it's just sort of, like, re- summarizing the question. Like, that's what AI sounds like to me. Wait, so are they releasing actual porno videos or just photos? Uh, I I tuned out that there were... <laughs> the two search topics that made me tune out were Taylor Swift and straight porn. I was just like not interested, mm-hmm. did not do any investigation. Really? Not even for, you're not like a Kelsey head? No, I don't. I, in fact, I have an idea for a feature on Instagram, which is that you can mute topics. I agree. Like, why can't I? So, like, during fashion weeks, all I want to do is mute the fucking runway videos that people yeah. take from like the third row or even the first row. I don't care. <laughs> See, AI would be great at detecting that content and filtering it out for you. Great. So then use AI for that. Like, don't use AI to make porno pictures of Taylor Swift that are clearly not real. I have a UX request. If anybody from Spotify is listening to this, normally I want to say thank you, first of all, because I do think Spotify understands me more than any human. The playlist that you make for me is just... So are you talking directly to to Spotify now? (laughs) I mean, it is almost Valentine's Day. Okay. That is for Spotify's AI, but for Spotify's UX designers, why can't I fucking like block a podcast from showing up in my, you know, queue? It'll, sometimes it'll automatically play suggested podcasts. So if you listen to like one shitty true crime show one time, it'll suddenly it's like they're suggesting just the weirdest, like, yeah. Like worst quality even just your any bozo. I mean, look at us. I like, can put themselves, you know, can put a podcast up. 
and I listen to podcasts as I sleep. So it doesn't know that I'm not interested. So I don't even like mm. know this is, and then, and then it also keeps suggesting, but you can't like, I can't, there's no feature to where I can say, I don't like this podcast. Like, I don't, don't like, like you can't give anymore. it, you can't stop give it, it that kind of feedback. Stop you can't it. say, yeah. <laughs> no. stop it right now. Yeah. I'm like Siri. And he's like, uh-huh. Meanwhile, I have tried for, I'd say over a year and a half to get Apple podcasts to subscribe me to seek treatment, which is one of my favorite podcasts of the last few years with Kat Cohen and Pat Regan. Um, and it's like, it won't subscribe me to it. It like every time I go to like my downloaded podcast and it's not there. And then I like click on, I like find the show and then it says I haven't subscribed to it. And it's like, I have, it just like, doesn't have want you, me to listen. It, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Have you tried clearing your cash? What is the, What are you talking about? <laughs> like, you can't clear your podcast cash. I don't know. It's just the first thing that I think you should try. Turn it off and turn it back on and see what happens. Turn what off and turn what on? My phone? All of it, yeah. The cloud. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Okay. Also, guess what else I'm not worried about? The cloud. I think it's only helpful. The cloud's getting too heavy with data. We gotta we gotta delete all of our old emails. The crazy thing about the cloud is that it actually isn't like a cloud it's actually real computers like in arizona isn't it uh, yeah yeah databases so like this um, illusion that like you're somehow saving space you're not saving space you're just saving space no, on no, your no. personal device and like yeah emitting radiation somewhere else yeah here's my Nightmare. thing that i did yesterday i went to the gym and which was hilarious um i go to equinox <laughs> i've heard of it <laughs> on Greenwich Ave and apparently it's where all the like chic gay men in New York City go and it's like any equinox is like a no I've been to a lot of no I've I'm actually no but this is the chicest because I I'm quite familiar with the different equinoxes around the country and what was the point oh they were playing murder on the dance floor and mm -hmm. Cole Sprouse was on Kelly Ripa's show and it was just like all, all, every dude was like glued to the television just like feeling like you could uh, tell Cole, it was just like the Cole best Sprouse, Cole Sprouse is not a gay icon I don't think but he's a cutie he's definitely a cutie you know he looked I don't really think cute we, I don't think we, we Nick we I think it. I would know oh you think you can speak <laughs> for all gay men I just think that if like you were going to talk about the Cole Sprouse generation I mean, he's the one who smoked cigarettes on Call Her Daddy and everyone was making fun of him for like chain smoking during that interview. That's not my culture. I don't, I'm not familiar with the lore of Call Her Daddy. But exactly, which is, a, which is purely straight culture. Like Alex Cooper is not a gay icon. She's not mother. Here's who I would choose over Cole Sprouse. KJ Appa, Charles Melton. We, we definitely, Charles Melton is... Certainly, mother, definitely parental. Look, I'm not um, saying that I'm not saying that Cole Sprouse's mother. I'm just saying he was on TV and looking cute, and they're playing like. And you're saying hottest, all these like, insatiable gay guys, yeah, that couldn't control out. themselves, and like <laughs> they just had a huge orgy in the bathroom, and then they had to go in, like they have to do it every ten minutes, and say, "Cut it out, knock it <laughs> off." I mean, that's probably true. It always was when I used to live in West Hollywood and you would like go into the gym bathroom and they would be like, the sauna is closed for, you know, I don't know. <laughs> they would like make some euphemistic reason where it was like closed for a deep clean. And you're like, oh, can we talk um, about can we talk about sauna culture in New York? I feel like. It's a very under. I don't know that it's like really discussed. Which, hold like, on, like gay sauna cu culture or like the Russian not baths just gay culture. The Russian baths, the Hasidic baths. I don't think if you're not Hasidic, you can go to the Hasidic baths. Can you? No, this was a Russian. This was called Spa Eighty Eight. It's a spa in like the financial district. I don't know why. I don't know which weird friend of mine was like, <laughs> we should go spend the day here. But it was like a girly where like being too weirdo you girly went, you went to a hasidic spa I, no no it Wall wasn't Street? a hasidic spa 
It wasn't a Hasidic oh. spa. It was an, It was like a Russian or Turkish. Like a Russian-Turkish bath kind of thing. Yeah, but like also in an office. But like it was really, really fucking weird. <laughs> weird vibes. All the clientele were Hasidic men. It was co-ed? Yeah. And we're sitting here in the sauna, butt naked with towels, with a bunch of Hasidic men. That doesn't, that seems like they've figured out some sort of a loophole. Because loophole. if you can't. <laughs> that that seems like a loophole like because that I just seems like a tunnel that, doesn't, that seems like a tunnel that <laughs> that's that seems like tunnel tunnel in brooklyn culture uh no i don't think that's a thing that you're allowed to do if you're hasidic are you say, are you denying my experience are you saying that that didn't happen i don't know i'm saying maybe your memory of it isn't I'm telling you actually happened. Speaking of which, speaking of untrue facts, guess where I'm staying? I'm in New York City right now. Guess where I'm staying? It's called the Dominic Hotel. And until I pulled up in my cab, I did not realize that it was the former Trump Soho Hotel. And I don't know, I was like, fuck, it was like almost 11 p.m. And I was like, I guess I can't switch my hotel right now, but just the vibes are bad. I mean, look at that headboard. That's like, it's leather, faceted leather, like, you know, it goes all the way up the ceiling. It's There's also the very Trumpian detail of a telephone in the toilet, you know, like. I I have one of those in, in my bathroom. Really? Yeah, that's. I have one. I have I mean, the weirdest. But, right, you live in a pre. You live in a pre-war building, which makes sense. Trump Soho is from like ten years ago, eight years ago. But it's anyway. To clarify, it's not currently the Trump Soho. It's the Dominic, and I haven't done any research to figure out whether the Dominic bought it from Trump or whether it's basically just Trump saying. Trump Hotel Soho was bad for business, so we're going to rename it the Dominic. But I do, that doesn't feel like Trump would ever do that. Would ever like admit that his name didn't improve anything, right? Yeah, no, I, I don't think he has any shame. I think he would telephones like corded telephones in the bathroom with keypads is disgusting. I mean, you've been to Japan, yeah, but it's somehow not. It's disgusting in the tr- former Trump. Hotel Soho. It's, it's yeah, you don't know in Japan. It's a delightful, and I appreciate it. But Japan sells me American culture back in a way that I find unbelievably alluring. And it's I, you know, like I remember going there a few years ago, and them having like vintage them, like the jap, like the cool Japanese boutiques having. Uh, it's the biggest racket. Airwalk sneakers. They come, over, like, so they, they come over. Yeah. <laughs> they come to the fucking Rose Bowl antique and like vintage clothing the monthly fair. They get there at 4 a.m. They get all the good shit and then they bring it back to Tokyo and they merchandise the hell out of it. And then I'm there like a sucker buying vintage airwalks. No, and then the then the supreme design team all goes on one big trip over there and buys it all back <laughs> and then designs it for the next collection. They like use it to reference for the next collection of supreme. Literally. And we're we're caught holding the bag, so to speak. I'm not like I'm not like LOLing right now. That's actually what happens. It's so weird. No, I know. I mean like but like ugh, I miss Japan. Okay, anyway. I think I'm going to go back soon. I'm, well, I'm, I do have to go back soon. I'm trying to get everybody to go back. Everybody's like, I want to go to Japan. I'm like, well, I'm going, so let's. Okay, well, I'm going to Seoul, South Korea at the end of this month. And if anyone who's listening has must-see, must-buy, must-experience recommendations in Seoul, please let me know because I want all the best shit. It makes a beauty person's brain explode. When last time I was there, it's like they're two years ahead of us in everything cool. You got a facelift on accident. I got small face. <laughs> I decided that this, uh, I've had already had to promise Casey that this time I won't go under general anesthetic. Are you going to do anything at all? Well, 
I was thinking about a nose job because they'd have no. like, you know, in and out. <laughs> they have in and out like 45 minute nose jobs. No, you can't do that. Come on. I don't think I don't think anybody should be getting surgery where they can't their doctor isn't in the same city for aftercare. I think that that's like a very bad idea. I think it's fine. I mean, like, it's probably better than Mm -mm. our stuff. Mm -mm. It's probably also not like they figured out a way to do it like laparoscopically or whatever. So it's just like a little tiny robot that goes in your nose and fixes it. Anyway, we had a few beauty related topics. Did we just come up with the the next consumer product innovation? (laughs) A tiny robot nose job? That you just mail to people? Oh, genius. Um, No, we had a few beauty topics. Let's get into top stories. All right. Number one, in the absolute best casting call that could ever have existed, Pauly Shore, what were like his amazing... I was obsessed with Pauly Shore when I was a little kid, which tells you a lot about me as a little kid. Uh, uh, Nepo Nepo baby Pauly Shore. Correct. His mother ran the comedy store in LA, the iconic comedy club. But he was in Encino Man. He was in, I want to say it was like called like Farmer in Law or like Son in Law. Was it just called Son in Law where he plays like the sort of weird guy that someone like Claire Forlani brings home to dad and in, they live on a farm and. I don't mean to neg you, Nick, but like how young do you think our audience is? I feel like Polly Shore is like. Kind of an icon for anyone 26 plus. I think that's, I mean, Polly Shore is probably 55 years old at this point. Don't, we don't all know, quote me yeah. on that. Polly we all Shore. know Polly Shore. Anyway, he's going to be playing Richard Simmons, or he currently seems like, it seems like the news broke at the same time that it was already filmed. Yeah. But he is playing Richard Simmons in the Richard Simmons biopic. And Richard Simmons, the reclusive Richard Simmons, came out with a statement basically saying that he wishes that people would respect his privacy and not make his life into a movie. And that they didn't contact him, et cetera, et cetera. I feel like this is the latest example in a long line of examples of weirdly, either like either it's just not the truth or like when people make these based on reality or exploitative. Yeah, like remember how with Lily James and Sebastian Stan's Tommy, Pam and Tommy, like they didn't get permission yeah. from Pam. And yeah. it's like it was sort of re-traumatizing to see this whole thing play out in pop culture, according to Pamela. And mm-hmm. I find that kind of that stuff like a little disturbing. But at the same time, if you live in the public eye, I guess it's fair play, ball play. It's ball play. But what's the where's the but line? But he looks of, like, exactly like the- Richard Simmons. So like in yes. that way, it's perfect. You like you literally yes. it's the best casting that's ever happened. Yeah. Oh, but Richard Simmons Richard Simmons is just one of those what pure happened? pure Did we ever figure out like what so there was the podcast that was like searching for Richard Simmons. Did we then ever happen when we found him? He was just like, Leave me alone, I'm fine. Yeah, I think he just wants a quiet life. I totally get it. What have I always said? As soon as I make like enough money to retire on, nobody's ever going to hear from me ever again. Yeah, but I guess something just didn't feel like that was what happened. Like to go from being that over the top and sort of like on every channel on QVC on this and that and like whatever. But maybe something happened, but he doesn't owe us any excuse. He doesn't, we don't deserve anything. No one owes us. Yeah, no, you're right. We don't. That's actually one of my biggest pet peeves. Like I'm not even, I'm not, I'm actually being serious, but with like celebrity culture is this entitlement that fans or even just casual observers feel to celebrities like that they owe them some sort of interaction or acknowledgement or something it's bizarre no i know it's because we feel like we made them famous so like we like can sort of reap the benefits of that in in depth yeah and somebody that like has expressed wanting privacy and then having a group another group of people saying okay well now we're going to go make a movie about him that hurts my heart a little bit you know 
Yeah. Like, can't why can't humans? Why can't someone just say like, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to just go be by myself. Maybe he. Maybe he's an introvert. In his whole life, he was forced to be an extrovert. Now he's just exhausted, and he just wants to chill. Yeah. I mean, I know that feeling <laughs> because I'm also an introverted. I forget what the word the type is, but like where you're actually not an extrovert and like, but you can perform as like you can act as one but then actually it's it's too draining yeah but isn't that one of the bis- big misconceptions about the like concept of introverts and extroverts that like if you're an introvert yeah. you like can't perform but that's not really true it just means that it's draining like it drains yeah. your energy versus like fills your energy bucket yeah yeah anyway enough about me then there was what was the second thing we want to talk about Oh, Brian Johnson, a.k.a. the creepiest looking 60-year-old, the guy that's trying to age in reverse. He was the guy, he was like a tech bro, you know, gazillionaire who 10 years ago dedicated his life and his wealth to researching how to fight death, essentially, right? escape death by like reversing in or aging in reverse. He, I feel like you, he's like always in the New York post because he'll like draw his son's blood and yeah, like inject so it into himself. He's, he's like, literally like an evil, like billionaire vampire. <laughs> he branded this like quest for eternal youth as blueprint protocol. So he's developing his whole thing is he's documenting his, journey to aging in reverse and he's experimenting on himself and trying all these different and he's things using and right like all these different machines and technologies and then testing all of his different organs and like all the different sort of metrics like on a daily near daily basis to see whether like his brains you know a like what if he can like decrease his brain's age and like his blood's age and his whatever i'll tell you what i don't here's my thing and this is probably not that genius of a take is if that's what aging in reverse looks like i don't know if it's for me because he doesn't look like a healthy person well let's get into it and i say that with love we have some, we have some answers no but we have some answers to that because he just posted his skincare routine. And so, which is why we're here today talking about him. And it's a YouTube video. And I guess like, let's just backing up a bit. He does, I thought, like I said, he was like an evil vampire, like fucking weirdo. And I I agree with you. He looks incredibly unattractive. (laughs) I like an old, I like a wrinkly old leather guy. And he looks like he actually looks like death warm, like warm through. Yeah. He? Oh, he looks like Voldemort. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. And I, again, I say that with love, and I'm not. No, but and no, he shaming. knows it too. Okay, but I'm gonna I'm gonna actually like turn this around because he convinced me that I'm I I am like a I'm a Brian Johnson girly now. I'm a Blueprint Protocol girl because he watching his skincare video, he's super weird, but he's actually pretty self-aware and it's a little it was pretty endearing i will say his personality is like he gets it he's kind of in on the joke which i didn't expect i thought he would be like very robotic and like you know zuckerbergian but he he was kind of charming but he's super weird super weird i mean he has a kid he had sex before so well he also (sighs) okay so okay he uses cerave what I appreciate about this process, too, is he has ways of tracking his success in all different areas. So he spent a ton of money on collecting data on himself before he starts making these incremental changes to his routine from taking supplements to working out to his food to his skincare, which includes he has a whole clinical spa in his house with all the machines that you could ever want. He has light therapy. He has um, lasers. Uh, lasers. He has all the money in the world to basically live out our dreams. That is, that's my dream to have a room in my house that has all the device, like non-invasive devices, yeah. to like, so I could actually go once a week and get like 
a lymphatic drainage massage with a machine. That sounds like I that's just literally don't know. my life goal. So I I feel bad like shitting on this guy for just doing what I would. <laughs> but, and then I he just don't know if it's working. So, I just don't no. know if it's working. Okay, so I don't know if it's working. He looks like death because he does not go out into the sun. He gets no UV. So the whole that he his whole thing is like my number one goal is to age backwards. So cell damage in any form. But someone he should go to talk to a therapist about like why he's so scared of dying. It happens to everyone. Like why is he? It's a science experiment for him. He's devoting his life to science. I'm I'm totally on board, Nick. I think you need to watch the YouTube before you make any further judgments on his character. It seems like an extreme case of toxic masculinity where he's like, I'm so strong and so rich that I can like accomplish the one thing that no one else has ever been able to accomplish, like avoiding death. Anyway, um... I think what we should, what we should do because he has also done, I'm like you're or, a zillionaire and you're using CeraVe face wash. Like, oh, I, I, okay, I do have one criticism of him. If you had all the money in the world, Annie, is that what you're going to every day? If it works, which he has documented that it does. So yeah, he uses CeraVe because he has all the money in the world to try everything in the world. He could make his own if he wanted to, which he has. He's made his own supplements, but he chose CeraVe because it works. So. And he uses Elta MD, like basic every other. Well, so does my husband. Bitch. Yes. Yeah. No offense, Casey. He's but... a basic bitch, so that's fair. And then he uses something called Adipo face cream. Yeah, but it's he's still 70- testing that one. He he didn't recommend oh. it yet. He was just like, I'm still like trying to figure this one out. So he was like, hold hmm. tight on that. He does lasers. He measures his like skin elasticity and sun damage all the time. He has a little French braid. And he uses the light mask for acne. So it does work, Nick. Nick had some questions for me about my Dr. Dennis Gross light mask the other day, and I didn't appreciate it. No, I always understand the red light, those masks. Like, I know that there's science behind them, but I am just so bad at following through with something where I don't have an instant or semi-instant result. And like, I just don't see it when I use those masks. So I stopped doing it probably before I would see it. I, the mask for some reason, I agree. A lot of devices and things like that, dry brushing, all of that shit. Like even, sorry to say, but flossing, I was really, I was doing a great job with flossing earlier a few months ago and that fell off too. But the LED light masks, I can do it. I think they're just relaxing and warm. I like it. I will say one um, con- piece of constructive criticism for him and any man. <clears throat> if you're going to dye your hair brown, it needs to oh. be a cool tone. It can't yes. be, it, it can't, can't be, be warm. warm. You can't do this dark, like box red undertone as a man, as an aging man, you can't do that. I, but I would tell him this too, is that you also can't die if you're a man or, or if you're anyone, if you are a living, breathing human, you cannot dye your hair one color. You need to get balayage. You need to get low lights. You need to get highlights. You need to like, there needs to be variety. You know, variety is the spice of life. And it's also the telltale sign that this is a natural trait. But like when it's all the same chestnut brown, like it looks like a glowing orb on your head. And I also know this because in high school, I once, I went to boarding school and I, we had like a snow, you know, week or something. We had like a horrible snowstorm. We had nothing to do. I went to CVS. I brought, I bought bleach and I dyed my hair, but I have very they let dark you do that? hair. Where were the adults? I, I mean, there, you have dorm parents, but it's not illegal to dye your hair. But anyway, it turned orange because like I would need a multi-process you know, treatment to actually get it to turn blonde. And toner. Right. So like, but I didn't have that. They didn't have that at the CBS. So I, then I went back to the CBS with my friends and they all convinced me that my hair was quote unquote black. So I bought black hair dye. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when I learned that variety is the spice of life. Because if you dye your hair one color, it looks insane. Yeah. He needs to go to a professional. Brian, uh, confounding, right? You would think yeah. he and, could. Yeah. And he knows, like, have you seen the one where he's talking about, like, trying to get, like, have the erections of a 30-year-old? 
No. He like does some more sexy ones where he's like, s- this no. machine like measures how many erections I get like during my REM sleep. And, you know, right now I'm getting that of like a 40 year old and I want to see if I can get down to like, you know, a 34 year old or whatever. And because I guess during the middle of the night, depending on your biological age or actually your whatever, usually your biological age is the same as your real age, but it would like you would have fewer and fewer. Not your, um, what's it called? Your Not ide- the age just, you identify. I'm, I identify as. <laughs> yeah. So Brian Johnson. Um, Sarah Vey. Love him on the pod. And Sarah Vey. Watch the video. I think you'll like him. No, I've wa- I, I like him. I just like don't. I feel like he's not the best billboard for what he's selling. I think that we should, in the same way that they build those little bronze statues for lab rats, I think we should build mm-hmm. a bronze statue of Brian Johnson and like put it in front of the L'Oreal headquarters. Like, <laughs> thank you for devoting your life to, to, to what us. we all are devoting our life to. You know, he just has to the resources to. Yeah, come on. Okay. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Brian. Um, what else do we have? Well, I mean, there's been some acquisitions and some M&A activities, so oh, to speak. Oh, the Margiela show. Oh, but hold on. That quickly. was like the big Just, beauty thing wanna, this year. Yes, we have to talk about that, but very quickly. Chapstick was acquired for just under half a billion dollars. Um, what? The, which seemed low for me, but to me. but The so little indie brand that like, could... Wait, so Chapstick <laughs> has always been an independent brand? No, it was like, it was a private, ec- for $430, $430 million, the buyer was Yellowwood Partners, which is a Boston-based private equity firm, but they bought it from a consumer health company called Halion. So it already had sort of, this is more of like a B2B kind of situation. But then the other interesting news in terms of beauty, actual hard beauty news, is that DS and Durga, was acquired by Manzanita Capital, which is the family behind Gap. And they also bought Diptyque. And they had previously acquired the majority stake in Barreto, which they sold last year to Pouge. Ooh, congrats so, Diaz to Diaz and, and Durga. Diaz and Durga, yeah. They're also on American Airlines randomly. Did you know that? Yeah, but the funny thing about any of those products you see on like as amenities, like in hotels or on airlines. I know, it's is not that, the real formula. I, I, it's not the real formula. Usually it's approved by the founders of the real brand, mm-hmm. but it's manufactured by someone else, uh, someone other than who ma- you typically manufactures like your actual formulas. Yeah. No. Which is you know what I did really like though? I flew, I think, Emirates and they had diptyque washcloths. That were like cloth material, single, I mean, they were single use, but, and they were big and they smelled incredible. And I even went online to be like, how can I buy these? And I can't find them on the black market, no. Okay, Margiela Couture Show. Okay, so this was all over Insta. Um, Couldn't get away from it. It was the glossy, like, porcelain doll, Marie Antoinette, like, it was Underneath like glass, the face gloss times 10. Yeah, but then it was like this powdery look beneath. So it was like, how did they achieve this, like, you know, powdered, like porcelain doll look underneath this, like, high gloss finish? Like, it, they truly and did. And it was the, Pat like, McGrath look. did the makeup. People were freaking out trying to figure out what it was. How do you do it? Nick posted it on Instagram. We got a lot of DMs from people saying that it was this Cryolin product. And then our queen. Aaron Parsons makeup and if you don't I don't know I get it like the whole like vintage throwback look is not for everyone and she is very much like a glamour woman but this she is one of the great talk about like pioneers in the beauty industry we're talking about Brian Johnson today and we're talking about Aaron Parsons makeup and historian a shepherd of makeup history thought theory technique she's uh, the keeper of all of our secrets of our foremothers and forefathers and she's documenting it and she is she is our the scribe she is the i claudius of 
um, modern beauty. So thank you, Erin Parsons. Makeup, she decoded it. She had the connect. And what it was, was another thing that she does on her Instagram, TikTok, YouTube is like break down like different looks and techniques that are just beyond like normal makeup. And she decoded it, this glossy face technique. So everybody thought that it was a Krylon product, like you said, and it dries because it was like something that they, it was like a shellac that they put on the face and then it peeled off. So there are all these videos of the models after the show peeling off their face. Like it had like a peel off mask and everybody thought that it was this Krylon product. But then, but then somebody told Aaron Parsons that it was actually a blue liquid that they were airbrushing on people's faces. And so she did even more digging and found out it was a hair gel, a blue Mm -hmm. tinted hair gel that she diluted with. And this is all like apparently is like she, but I believe Aaron Parsons. I think that she has apparently by the time this podcast comes out, she dame pat is going to be revealing all on her instagram on on friday which will have been today tomorrow Tomorrow. yesterday today tomorrow today the pod comes out okay well you can we can check aaron on this but so she diluted this like blue hair gel in a lot of water so super liquidy and then she did her like powdery look on her face and then airbrushed this gloss over her face she dried it with a hair dryer and then did like two one or two more coats and it and then it dry the craziest thing too is it dries and you can touch it like it's not sticky it dries can I ask a question go ahead so it was beautiful and striking and all of those things like you know the devil wears prada meryl street monologue about like cerulean blue how it sort of like ultimately trickles down to like the consumer like what's the life cycle of that look like what happens now how do we see do we ever see it like does it ever actually affect the way that people are doing their makeup or a makeup trend i've been thinking a lot about makeup trends and is there even truly one makeup trend i don't know i feel like we're kind of at a point of makeup and fashion where like anything goes like put a rosette yeah on but like today <laughs> yeah but I think if you're going to wear that, so out you don't to the think world, it's like it, people are going to be like doing glossier, like th- no, there's no, not. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think I think what we'll we'll see is um a lot of like cloud paint type, like puffy, like sheared out, colorful makeup, and then on really like moisturized skin, like no foundation, like really like no powder, high shine skin. Probably from doing like a lot of like pre makeup masking. I bet there's going to be a lot of like use this mask. But, then, but you how is that different than glass skin? Or is this just sort of like that? But that's the thing. That's like why everybody was making fun of um, latte makeup or espresso makeup. They were saying like this is just like the nude, like smoky nude makeup, like remarketed in a different way, you know? Right. Yep. Like mushroom hair was like. Remember when they were talking about how mushroom hair was like quiet luxury hair and but it's just dishwater blonde or brown. Somebody or called Taylor Swift's hair dishwater blonde from the football game the other day. I thought she, I thought her Again, hair looked cool. I love her and I want to leave her alone. Why? Why can't we discuss I Taylor? I, I it's the least she's the least interesting person to me. I am interested to understand the decision behind the peach acrylic nails the sparkly peach acrylic nails he's just having fun truly but that's gonna be months of not fun i also also did see though speaking of taylor swift that like apparently her dating tyler kelsey what's it jason kelsey tyler taylor kelsey Travis. travis kelsey travis kelsey has resulted in like $350 $350 million in revenue for the NSL. Yeah, I know. Well, people you, like I told, I told you my, to like see her in the box. I told you my theory, right? I mean, they're trying to get rid of the NFL. The NFL has been declining for years. We don't want because it's like causing all these yeah, all the brain, brain injuries damage. and a lot of and, and and also we're seeing a cultural shift. It's about soccer, baby. It's about Messi. It's about David Beckham. It's the Miami Penguins or Flamingos or whatever they are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mia Hamm, the next generation is going to be a soccer generation. Mia Hamm was <laughs> Mia Hamm is from like 15 years ago, isn't she? Sorry, are you trying she to? She was the one who like 
the contributions. No, but I'm just of saying women. like that was a long time ago. Yeah, they paved the way. I'm sorry, Mia Hamm p- paved the way for Lionel Messi, and I don't want to hear another word out of you, Nick, about the legacy of Mia Hamm. Mia Hamm is 51. She's not currently playing anymore, but continue. And so, and parents don't want their kids, parent, parents don't want their kids getting head injuries. And so they're putting their kids in soccer and they're keeping them in That's soccer. That's smart. And you know what else? California is going to be banning Little League football. Good. Period. It's dangerous. And what do we see? And what do we see in Vogue the same week that they're voting on that? We see Usher a, we in see a football team and Usher Carolyn, in a football team and, and Carolyn Murphy or Carolyn Carolyn Murphy. So something something's a little I'm just saying. Something's going I on. I asked here. a friend who worked at Vogue, or I like made a comment about like why like the Usher um the cover of Vogue that we're referring to. Usher the singer who is playing the Super Bowl, hence why they were little league or whatever little league football players in this Vogue shoot. And then Carolyn Murphy's in it. And you're kind of just like, why is Carolyn Murphy in this shoot? And the answer was that someone had to wear the clothes. They needed someone to like wear the, you know, no, the season's we, finest. I, that's not an answer. <laughs> that was their answer. Hey, did is Vogue, is, is everybody still on strike? Like, are they even working right now? I don't know. What is going on with all that? I don't know. I mean, we're seeing the, so I also, this is a side note, but related to the demise of media, which is Amy O'Dell, who has a really good sub stack called from the back row, I think, or something like that on Instagram posted that when Truman Capote was paid by Esquire for one of his essays, he was paid something like $25,000, which was like at that time, like a record amount of money for a journalist to be paid for writing. And in 2024 dollars, that amounts to like over 250 or $240,000. And that just goes to show how far the magazine industry has slipped. That like, can you imagine someone getting paid a quarter of a million dollars to write an article? Even if it was like a, sing- a single Barack article. Obama. Yeah. They were making so much money. Meaning like that was the equivalent money at the time. Like they were throwing so much money around. What do you think about Universal pulling their music from TikTok? You're the TikTok expert on this. Yeah. So I'll I'll weigh in on this one. I don't really understand what the issue is. Like I guess it's that like the more people who like like use the music, like the less like actual streaming rights or like the whatever like revenue is going to the artist and the label right like because if you're like reacting to like a reaction to a reaction it's like not using the original music which i guess would be harder to track in terms of revenue i don't understand I, don't, I mean, I don't basically, they're the taking the is. content, they're taking original content, the, the music created by Universal Artists, and they're using it on TikTok with no compensation. But yeah. wasn't that the point of TikTok? It started out as Musical.ly, which was just lip syncing songs. Yeah, and I think... Um, we didn't come up, we didn't think of a way to <laughs> pay to play here. No, I well, TikTok's argument is, this is the best exposure... <laughs> that your artist could ever receive like this is just like is a, um and universal is kind of like i don't something had to have happened where they like ran the numbers and they were like we need to be getting paid for this but like don't they sort of get paid for it and also like when someone hears a song when it, when a song goes viral on tiktok i bet the streams on spotify go crazy but that's the thing like spotify doesn't pay artists a yeah they do not no, a ton i mean yeah, like there's like a there's a equation. I mean, I'm, I'm not defending Spotify or that it's a lot of money, but there is an equation. It's like point no, oh oh five cents per stream or something like that. And you can and some people negotiate higher rates. But to your point about writers getting they used to be paid actual money, like musicians and oh, artists true. used to be right, paid right, actual right. money, and now like the revenue system for I mean the the revenue system for the music industry has been fucked up for like years and years and years yeah um because you of thank Sean Parker for that yeah yes and nobody's buying albums nobody's like 
so that's why like all these people are touring. I mean, that's why the Taylor Swift and that's why they're making movies about the tour. They're like, how else can we like squeeze monetize money from music? Right. Um, we didn't TikTok's like there like, was a famous like quote that Lady Gaga gave that she was like basically paying for all of her early tours out of like she was losing money because yeah. like she wanted like such an incredible experience for fans and like it, I, that ended up working but like i just saw that adele booked like a summer series of concerts in germany and they're building a custom stadium for the concerts in like munich and it sold out you know immediately or whatever eighty thousand seats per show Good. I'm glad she's getting something custom. We know she has very high standards for her show. Isn't that crazy? Like, imagine 80, like, imagine, like, two weeks of 80,000 people a night, like, paying good money to see you perform. That's power. I can't imagine getting in front of... Nick. So, Nick and I have been discussing, I feel like I've been discussing, and you've been going, mm-hmm, a live show... <laughs> Speaking of 80,000 seat venues. Yeah, my biggest fear is booking the 80,000 seat venue and having 40 people show up. I, I'm like, can we even fill a for- room of 40 is my question. I mean, it depends what city. Well, we looked at our stats and we have all of most of our listeners are in New York. Yeah, I think that we'd probably have to have a guest who was like a draw. We're both here now. I have like a trend prediction for 2024. Old money out, new money in. Like mob new wives, money's... this mob mob's wives aesthetic is just ushering in a new money. New, it's like new money. We're back to new money. I don't believe the mob wives like trend. No, that was dumb. I think it's because like yeah. it, I think it was a I think it was a psyop from the marketing team of HBO because the Sopranos just had like their 25th anniversary, I think, or 20th oh, anniversary, fair. or like probably went on Netflix or something. No, it's an HBO show. No, I know, but they probably like license it to Netflix or something. Like, and to like get buzz, they just like created this trend. Yeah. So, but like, here's that. a few. Have they in the trend articles about mob wife aesthetic? Have they talked about Marissa Tomei and my cousin Vinny? A goddess. And then married to the mob. Obviously, they have. No, they um, they movie. just referenced. They just reference Carmela. Carmela Soprano. Mainly, That's it. And Adriana, the Guma. No, wait, she's not a Guma. A Guma is the mistress. Adriana was a girlfriend. From Soprano. So it's all basically Sopranos based. I think so. I think there's been some Mob Wives references, like the TV show. I have never seen it. So maybe I just don't. Maybe it just goes over my head. It's oh, just no. girls wearing like ugly furs and pointy boots <laughs> yeah no thank is you. my like take and gold jewelry i'm like okay okay we all we were all alive in 2008 we were all alive in we got 2008. it that's it for this week do you have a Annie, you've got some ebay buying to do i do um you know what? I don't have a product that I. What was so important with. that you had to order it to from Sephora to your Bumble home and Bumble Sumo Tech because I forgot my hair stuff. And then while I was at it, I bought a beauty blender. I bought a black one though because I used to get the pink ones, but when you run them under hot water, they like bleed pink, which I feel like can't be good. I know for you. it's. I know they haven't figured that I out know. yet. It's That's crazy. crazy. All the color, it's all crazy. the like colorful beauty blenders. I'm like, this is getting in your makeup. Yeah. Like it's affecting your undertone. Um, yeah, 100%. So I got a black one. And then I also was trying the milk makeup bronzing drops because I didn't want to take my Jones Road bronzing gel from my husband at home. And then I got a, a bronzer makeup brush and the Dewy Skin Cream by Tatcha. Hmm. And so, hey, so like, let, consider that my. So you're now week. like VIB Rouge for the year. That's what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Yep. What's your product of the week? My part of the week is I'm trying to go through all of my K Beauty haul. I did like a big order last year, so I'm finding things in my drawer. And this is a brand called Unleashia. Unleashia, and the product is called Non Sticky Dazzle Tint. And it's 
a really great like lip gloss like balm and all of their lip products just smell so good it's like a tint gloss balm and it's not sticky and it's highly it's super moisturizing and it has a neck you put a tiny bit on i can't place it I know, but I we talked about this before. I can't do a, I can't do a lot of lip because I look like a whore. I look like a whore, a guma. It, and you use for a little bit on your cheeks. It's very pretty. It's very natural. I don't. I can't place what it smells like. It's not. It's like kind of fruity, but like in a sophisticated way. Gourmand. Mm. Oh, I don't know if this would count as. Where gourmand. can you buy it? Probably like yesstyle.com. and it has a nice, right. cool undertone. So if you have trouble finding pinks that are in there too warm, they kind of pull like tan on your skin in like an orangey way, go for this. And then, sorry, I don't, I, the label's in Korean, so I don't know what color it is and there's no numbers. So sorry. So you'll have to experiment. That's it. Eyewitness Beauty is produced by Jonathan Kornman at Friend of the Pod and edited by AJ Mosley. You can find us on Patreon where we release our video episodes a full day in advance. And you can... We'll also have a uh, bonus episode this week. We'll also have a bonus episode this fucking week. We have bonus episodes monthly and we talk... Think You think this is good? Wait till you hear our bonus episodes. We actually, no joke though, do talk about shit that we wouldn't say on the, the main pod. And... It helps fund this podcast because as you all know, this is not a money making, this is not a get rich quick scheme for Annie or I. And you can email us, Nick or Annie at iwitnessbeauty.com. Find us on Instagram at iwitnessbeauty and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.